Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will interview a founding member of the Brooklyn Rider String Quartet in the lead-up to the ensemble's collaboration at Armstrong Auditorium with the world-famous banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck. This incredible combination of musical gifts is coming to Armstrong Tuesday, January 16th in a program titled Night Flight Over Water, which is the same name as Bailiflex's first composition for banjo and string quartet. We will hear this exciting new work on this program, which has an interesting connection to our state of Oklahoma. So stick around for an interview with our next Armstrong performers and a spotlight on their night flight today on Music for Life. This season on Music for Life, as our tagline states, we are doing all we can to enhance the experience of any potential concertgoer to Armstrong Auditorium by exploring specifically the composers and repertoire to be performed on the upcoming concerts this season, as well as exploring the performers themselves. This makes for such a more enriching experience when you sit down the night of the concert. And I believe also, even if you can't make any of these events, our discussions will equip you with many tools that you need to make sense of what you're hearing when you sit in any auditorium seat or watch or listen to any musical performance. I think Armstrong's next performers, a unique collaboration of a traditionally classical grouping and a folk instrument, will help make music a truly enlightening experience. This will take place on Tuesday, January 16th, when the string quartet Brooklyn Rider and the banjo legend Bela Fleck team up on our stage. In our last new episode, I introduced you to each of these artists. I gave a profile of Brooklyn Rider and played some of their recordings, works by their own founding member and composer Colin Jacobson, as well as a unique collaboration they did with a Persian string instrument. I also gave a profile of Bela Fleck, a brief history of the banjo, and played a couple recordings of Bela. But we didn't hear any of the string quartet with the banjo. We saved that for today. Before I play some of that, here's a quick review of who Brooklyn Ryder is and who Bela Fleck is. Brooklyn Ryder formed in 2006. It was comprised of two brothers, Colin and Eric Jacobson, a violinist and cellist respectively, as well as violist Nicholas Cords and another violinist, Johnny Gandelsman. All four had also collaborated with cellist Yo-Yo Ma in his Silk Road project. Since forming their ensemble, they have received much critical acclaim as one of the most innovative string quartets around. The magazine Strings called Brooklyn Rider the future of chamber music. About a year and a half ago, Eric Jacobson, the cellist, cordially parted ways from the quartet because of different commitments, so the group has a different cellist now, Juilliard alumnus Michael Nicholas. We also talked about each member of the group in our last episode. Remember that all our programs can be heard at kpcg.fm or on SoundCloud or iTunes if you missed any of those. Again, Brooklyn Ryder is teaming up with Bela Fleck, the most famous banjo player alive today and one known to take the instrument far beyond the limits of bluegrass and into the genres of jazz, fusion, and pop. Many say he reinvented the instrument's image and sound. 
Inspired by the banjo playing of Earl Scruggs, Bela took up the instrument at age 15. His prolific recording and performing career now boasts 15 Grammy Awards and 30 nominations. He has been nominated in more categories than any other instrumentalist in Grammy history. So, as promised, let's listen to a piece today that was written for string quartet and banjo, and it was composed by Bela Fleck. This piece is called Night Flight Over Water. This is from Bela Fleck's album, The Imposter. The album features a concerto for banjo and orchestra by Fleck. And here's what he writes in the program notes about the string quartet banjo collaboration on this album. He says, I had survived the premiere of The Imposter, that concerto, and found a record label that was interested in putting it out. The concerto being 36 minutes long, what would inhabit the rest of the album? I had some discussions with various friends. Of all my proposed ideas, which included composing solo banjo sonatas, percussion pieces, and duets with classical players, the one that had the most resonance to me was the idea of writing for banjo and string quartet. I knew this was a great untapped combination from the years of listening to my cellist stepfather, Joe Palladino, playing chamber music. And also from a piece Edgar, Edgar Meyer, from a piece Edgar and I wrote together back in the early 1980s for the Blair String Quartet. Now I needed to figure out who I was writing this piece for. I asked around about the String Quartet Brooklyn writer, who I was told about by Neil Benson, my new classical agent at Opus 3. The reaction was very positive from everyone I asked. These guys are really good at new music and have a youthful sensibility that could make sense on a piece that likely would have many influences from outside of classical music. I listened to their music and really enjoyed and respected their work. They were intrigued by the idea, too, so it was on. I started out writing Night Flight Over Water by composing a dozen or so sketches. I took these up north, and Brooklyn Ryder and I read through them together. The idea was that the ones that really worked out for this combination were the ones I would use to build the piece from. Unfortunately, these guys were so good that they made everything I had come up with sound amazing, so it was very hard to figure out what not to use. The good part is that now I knew that I could write virtually anything and they would be able to make it come alive. So I dug in and wrote the piece. I had a couple of periods to isolate and write. One was in Amsterdam, and the other was in Copenhagen. I did find myself enjoying writing on my computer with headphones, in restaurants, coffee joints, and parks. Something about watching people and maybe a little distracted by the movement and humanity seemed to unlock my unconscious mind. We workshopped the piece in August in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Workshopping it in this case meant doing several days of work rehearsing the piece, followed by a run-through in front of an audience. At the end of this, I was able to study what we had done, make some final adjustments, and be ready for the recording in Pittsburgh, North Carolina in November of 2012. So let's go ahead and hear the first movement of this three-movement work. This movement of Night Flight Over Water is called Tumble Down Creek. Again, by Bela Fleck, a piece for banjo and string quartet with the composer on the banjo and the innovative young string quartet, Brooklyn Rider. Thank you. 
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are spotlighting the collaboration between our next two artists coming to Armstrong Auditorium, the world-renowned banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck, as well as the string quartet Brooklyn Rider. This is taking place on Tuesday, January 16th. We did discuss each artist separately on our previous new episode, but today we are showcasing some of the music they will perform together. What it sounds like to hear a string quartet with a banjo. We just heard Tumble Down Creek, the first movement of a piece titled Night Flight Over Water for String Quartet and Banjo by Bela Fleck. We just heard the composer on the banjo with the string quartet, Brooklyn Rider, of course. Night Flight Over Water is a three-movement work, and before we hear the last two movements, I want to play for you the phone interview I conducted with Colin Jacobson, violinist and founding member of Brooklyn Rider. He talks about the group's history, their exciting collaborations, and what they enjoy about working with Bela Fleck. So, Colin, if you could start by talking about the history of of your string quartet, how it formed. I know that Yo-Yo Ma was involved somehow, his Silk Road project bringing some of you together. Uh, just talk about the beginnings of the group. Sure. Well, I'd say it was a long ramp up to actually being Brooklyn Rider, and the relationships went back quite a bit further than that. The original foursome of Brooklyn Rider was Johnny Gandelsman, Nicholas Cords, my brother Eric Jacobson, and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, my brother... I knew a particularly long time. Right. But, you know, I met Johnny and Nick approximately at the time when we were all in school. And, you know, we played in lots of uh, ad hoc chamber music situations and various orchestras around New York and just found that we had a lot of shared musical and life values. And those were further forged within Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road project. But I think we just always saw the quartet as a vessel um, for, in a way, limitless uh, expression in, in a variety of ways. Right. And when you form a, a string quartet, I mean, that's a pretty traditional chamber grouping. But yet, you, like you said, you had sort of these shared musical interests and visions. What was the niche you were aiming to fill with your group? Well, obviously, there are a lot of great groups out there doing various things. I mean, from the beginning, we really are bonded over the classical tradition. I mean, the, mm. the string quartet tradition that goes back 300 years. Right. But seeing it as a very living organism and, and one that needs to be revitalized constantly through new work, mm-hmm. Um which sheds a light on how we we interpret, I think, older works as well. But I think we not only wanted to do new work um, within contemporary Western composition, but partly because of our exposure to so many great musicians um, in Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble from all different parts of the world, we also wanted to reach out in terms of geography and then just within, uh, you know, styles, working and, and working with a great collaborator, Um, often was a way for us to have a great guide into perhaps a style of music that we were less familiar with. But I think from the beginning, those members of Brooklyn Rider had a lot of different musical interests and saw the quartet as a as, yeah, this vessel where we could put those interests. Well, I would definitely want to talk about the collaborative element of your group. But first, maybe you could let us in on the significance of the group's name, Brooklyn Rider. Sure. Well, I mean, actually, for, yeah, a couple of years before we fully committed to being, uh, you know, a string quartet, we were playing together already. But I think it is hard to find a name that 
uh, represents who you are. Um, and part of that is you just choose a name and you grow with it. But uh, we, we were looking at the Blue Rider group, which was uh, an artistic collective active pre-World War I mm. um, that was a loose collective. It was made up of artists like uh, Kandinsky, the composer Schoenberg, um, Franz Marc, another painter, and they had a very eclectic way of viewing the art of their time and, and how to move art forward. And we loved that porous approach to art um, and feeling like music was informing how painters were thinking and vice versa. Right. And um, so we just loved that idea. It wasn't that we then intended to specialize in the music of that time or Schoenberg or anything. But uh, and so, you know, we then we all also have been, you know, residents of Brooklyn for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. And mm-hmm. Brooklyn being a place where a lot of this um, artistic ferment has been going on for a number of years now, wanted to represent that, our, our sense of home in our name as well. Yeah. Well, you've been a string quartet now for just over 10 years. Maybe talk about some of the highlights of your your decade-long work. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a quite extensive discography now, very uh, proud of that, um, including right now we've just uh, released a new Philip Glass album, so bringing us mm-hmm. up to date with all of his string quartets um, that he's written to date. That was actually an early project of ours, and we viewed in a way those quartets as sort of a, what's the word, a Rosetta Stone for string quartet playing. So that was kind of getting to the basics. And uh, But we've recorded, um, you know, some of the great classics, Beethoven Opus 131 and mm-hmm. WC Quartet, and, and always alongside a slew of new music written for us. Right. You know, in terms of collaborations, Ayla Fleck is one of our favorites that we've been working with for a number of years now and recorded on two of his albums, pieces that he wrote that are really challenging, both, I think, for banjo and quartet and putting those forms together. And Kehan Kalhor mm-hmm. uh, was one of our first collaborations, a Persian Comanche player, a guy from Iran who, who is a composer and virtuoso of this Persian spike fiddle and right. just have toured all around the world with him and look forward to doing more of that in the, in the spring. But this year is actually a, a crazy year of collaboration. Just in this one year, we released a new album of all new work written for Brooklyn Rider called Spontaneous Symbols. We have the Glass album coming out this month. We have an album with Joshua Redman, the sax player, mm-hmm. um, coming out in the spring, and one with Martin Hayes, great Irish fiddler. So it's just kind of worked out that way. Very um, eclectic history. Yeah. Just in January alone, we are in Europe prior to our tour with Bela with the Swedish mezzo-soprano Anne-Sophie von Otter. Mm-hmm. Then we, we come to the U.S. and go from Dallas up to Montana with Bela, go back to Europe and play with Martin Hayes in Dublin and London, and then have our own show in Germany. So it's just kind of a crazy month. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a, a storied past, even uh, just in a decade, all those different recordings and performances and, and just various collaborations. You're also unique because... You, as a founding member, are also a composer for the quartet. Maybe talk mm-hmm. about what you bring to the quartet, not just as a violinist, but as a composer. Yeah, well, I mean, composition was something I studied while I was in high school, 
in college, I was more focused on the craft of violin playing, though, of course, I had to take all those theory classes that one does at conservatory. But really, it was when Brooklyn Rider was formed that I found a compositional voice. And it was just by feeling guilty that I wasn't writing for my band in a way that I think, you know, in the pop world, if you have a band, you write for it. But that isn't something that has traditionally been that recent of a thing in quartet. So I think it's, you know, there are more performer composers out there now. But it's been this incredible laboratory to write um, and grow with the group. And of course, I know them so well. So, so much of it is based on our working relationship in, in the group. So on the Bela concert, we actually do one of the first pieces I wrote for Brooklyn Rider, which is called Brooklaska, and Bela has found his way into the piece, which he can do into cool. anything, basically. <laughs> but it's really fun to do with him. Right, and as a composer, you're dealing with, like you said, a, a grouping of instruments that's about 300 years old in terms of you know going back to Haydn and that type of thing. Talk about the, the possibilities with that grouping. I mean, obviously, like you said, there are very traditional string quartets out there. There are some that are using that grouping to do a lot of new things. I mean, what, what do you see in terms of color and vocabulary potential within those instruments? I mean, in a way, it's just so limitless because you do have all the you know, human voice range represented, soprano, mm-hmm. alto, tenor, bass. So that's where it's coming from. I mean, it's really coming from the human voice. But, you know, you know in the Haydn context, it's a, it's a Western classical specific thing. But I think, you know, having to do with bowed instruments and fretless, you really just sort of have limitless possibilities for entering into a whole wide range of styles. And with someone like Bela, you know, he brings so much to the table, so many different styles over the years, and they make their way into his pieces that he's, these kind of large-scale compositions that he's written for us with all sorts of Western compositional devices. But, you know, lingering back there is everything else he's done, too, whether that's jazz or, you know, bluegrass or old-time stuff. So, yeah, in a way, you can go wherever the imagination wants to take you with a quartet. And it's also just four people, and you don't have to carry a lot of gear, so you can just set up shop kind of anywhere. Right. And you've known, like you said, you've known these fellows a long time. Uh, maybe you could talk even just a little bit about the other three and what each of them just uniquely brings to his instrument. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, right at this very moment, Johnny Gandelsman had has just released a recording of all the Bach solo sonatas and partitas and has mm. been playing those all around the country and, you know, I think really brings a unique perspective to those pieces. Within the quartet, I'd say, he, you know, he, he has a real structural sense of music and really internalizes a big picture very quickly, and I've learned so much from him for that. Um, Nick is the one in our group who is a professor and teaches at Stony Brook, but actually just now was announced as a professor at NEC for viola. And He is really uh, a programming genius, so he takes all of the ideas that we have and is able to coalesce them into wonderful programs that I think we end up playing on the road. And Michael Nicholas, who's our newest member, uh, has been with us for about a year and a half, replacing my brother, is, is, you know, in his other life outside of the quartet as a member of ICE, International Contemporary Ensemble, and he can, you know, just has new music chops to spare, you know, Mm -hmm. and is just a great guy. So we've been, and I think like we've been really gelling over this year and a half. So he did record on the Bela's most recent album with us. So mm. we have all played together now. 
So it sounds like you're using everyone's artistic strengths to their maximum potential. I hope so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you've already talked about a little bit of the collaborative aspect of the group. I mean, here's a string quartet that's not just doing the traditional, you know, Beethoven, Debussy, that type of thing, but you are collaborating with, you know, uh, because of your exposure with the Silk Road Project, with uh, Persian instruments and, and Chinese instruments and Kazakh instruments, all you know, all these different ethnic or folk instruments. What are some of the things that that teaches you or that you grow artistically from having worked with those? You know, sometimes it's very specific things that we'll reference when we go back to something from the classical canon. Like, remember how Kehan used his bow and got that incredible color. Like, maybe that is Mm. appropriate here. Sometimes it's less specific. You know, it's just observing the incredible connection between voice and instruments that happens in different contexts and different cultures. Also, just by having to jump into, say, a tradition that we might not be as familiar with, it forces you to be just very open-minded and and to try to, you know, figure out in a logical sense, in a way, what is the key element to this music that we need to focus in on and how quickly can we get to that center point. Um, And so just approaching, you know, any piece of music that way feels liberating. We, We once had a conversation with the director, Peter Sellers, and he talked about a string quartet coming out of the Enlightenment and um, Beethoven and the French Revolution and and that uh, you know it's it's a it's an emblem of radical democracy because you have four people and yes there's a first violinist in some cases who's directing but really in our group and I think in many quartets it's a very flattened hierarchy and and I think that it, that that is in integral to the music of of people like Beethoven and continues to this day in different in different ways. And then, of course, the, the collaboration in question that I'm interviewing about is Bela Fleck. And you've talked a little bit about um, what he brings to your group and how he works himself into even compositions that you've already made for String Quartet. Maybe talk just a little bit more about some of the unique things he brings to the quartet. You know, he, he talks about the brotherhood of the pick. So picking instruments, when, when they play together, they can get an attack that is so tight and... Uh, I think for us, to, because he can play so many notes and be so precise, like, and the bow in the singing version of Western music can almost sort of have a delay at times. And so I think getting that sense of rhythmic, uh, rhythmic tightness with mm-hmm. him is really a fun challenge. And within the concert that we play with him, there are tunes from his past with uh, the flectones and and even further back in his catalog. And then there are these new large-scale string quartet and banjo pieces that he wrote over the last few years that are, I think are challenging for him and quartet alike. And I think he, he likes the challenge, and he likes setting up that situation, both for you know himself, the quartet, the audience, and then there's just a lot of really fun stuff on, on the program to play, too. Yeah. Well, maybe you could give us now a um, an overview of the program coming specifically to Armstrong Auditorium on January 16th. Uh, you know, you said you're going to start with Brookleska. Uh, we're not starting with that. I actually don't know when in the program or what. Actually, you know, programs with him are a bit more like a jazz set in that we often decide the day of the exact set list and order. But the elements in the program, as I just said, will include stuff from his past with the flectones and and okay. even further back and then um you know a piece of mine Brook, brookleska it's called 
uh, yeah, the Night Flight Over Water is this large-scale piece he wrote for the quartet and him that was the first thing that brought us together. Mm-hmm. And he has followed that up with a piece called G-Riff, which uh, will probably be also in the mix. Okay, great. So that that's something that will be determined more as you get closer to the date. But that's basically... Yeah. I mean, those are the elements, basically, but the exact order, TBD. Right, <laughs> right. And so just to ask a real basic question, it, will it be all <laughs> Bela and Brooklyn Rider, or will there be sometimes where Brooklyn Rider will just come out or where he'll just oh, come yeah. out? Oh, yeah. Usually on these programs, there's a slot where Bela does his own thing for a bit, and then we do our own thing for a bit, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like just a, a fantastic night. I mean, is there something specifically that excites you about this program or about this upcoming performance? I mean, I love the the mix of audience that we get at these shows. You know, I love it. It's like a very diverse audience in terms of age and experience and musical backgrounds that ends up coming usually um, between Bela's fans and fans of the string quartet. So I look forward always to, to that. This has been great talking to you, Colin. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Looking forward to being there uh, with you guys in Oklahoma. We just heard an interview with violinist and founding member of the Brooklyn Rider String Quartet, Colin Jacobson. Now, back to the music we've been listening to today. Today we are featuring the work by Bela Fleck, his first for banjo and string quartet. It's called Night Flight Over Water, and it is in three movements. We have heard Bela's description of how the work and the collaboration with Brooklyn Rider came to be. We heard the first movement, subtitled Tumble Down Creek. The second movement is called Hunter's Moon.
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have spotlighted the collaboration between our next two artists coming to Armstrong Auditorium, the world-renowned banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck, as well as the young, innovative string quartet Brooklyn Rider. This is taking place on Tuesday, January 16th. We did discuss each artist separately on our previous new episode, but today we showcased some of the music they will perform together, what it sounds like to hear a banjo and a string quartet perform together. And we just heard one of those movements, the second movement of a three-movement work for banjo and string quartet by Bela Fleck. We are listening to this work as recorded by the composer on the banjo, along with the string quartet Brooklyn Rider. More information about this concert, as well as all our events here, can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can also follow Armstrong Auditorium on social media, and be sure to follow Music for Life on social media. Our handle at Twitter and Facebook is Music for Life PCG. We appreciate those likes, those comments, or any feedback you have for us. Special thanks today to Joshua Sloan, who engineers the recordings of our phone interviews. To conclude today's program, let's hear the third and final movement of this three-movement work for banjo and string quartet by Bela Fleck. This movement is subtitled The Escape. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong. Thank you. 
You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.